Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. How to consolidate Google Analytics for and marketing data? It's important today because Google, yeah, we still have some time, you know, uh, to keep going with Google Analytics for because Universal Analytics will be gone soon in June. And uh, it's uh, important to start learning today because uh, these two for many users uh, doesn't look uh, friendly. So it's better to start learning. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Glenn Schmelzli. How are you? I'm doing fine, Anatoly. Really good to be here. Yeah, big pleasure, big pleasure. I want to learn more about that. I know how it's important to get the right data, to to uh, analyze the data. Because, you know, uh, I see when people use many different tools, just uh, 5-10% of all features that tools have. And today, it's not like 10 years ago when... Uh, we, uh, for example, you know, 10 years ago, I ignored a lot of data because competition was low. I paid for click like five, 10 cent. Uh, sure. today I need to pay like five, 10 dollars. <laughs> I can't do it like this. And that's why data is so important to create buying persona, to analyze, uh, user behavior, many other things. Glenn, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, uh, your services, uh, and any insights that can help our audience to learn more about you. To be quick, I'm the founder of marketing. What's new. And we help B2B companies make sure that whatever they're doing in marketing, whether they're actually paying hard dollars or they are providing content, which is also costing them, that all of that marketing is delivering them with net positive value to their funnel. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. Okay, let's start uh, from creating this funnel. You know, it's interesting uh, that uh, once I spoke with a master who told me he lost 400,000 traffic because Google dropped his ranking, but he didn't lose any sales. So he has, he had a lot of traffic, a lot of traffic, but this traffic didn't bring sales. And uh, it's the same like if I get uh, traffic with keyword SEO, but SEO is not related to my services. Uh, right. I can't monetize this uh, keyword. It's hard to compete with others. And I see this trap. You know, when the masters are chasing high volume keywords, but they don't understand that these keywords might not sell their products. Can you tell how to create this funnel? Sure. But I will underline what you just said, that getting those kind of things that are coming in as traffic, I've heard some call traffic equivalent to mm -hmm. vanity, but mm -hmm. that revenue is sanity and profit, which comes only from revenue, is sovereignty, right? So that's what we all want is we want to be able to have businesses that function and that are self-supporting. So uh, I couldn't agree with you more that while it's nice to have outside platforms that tell us that they are bringing lots of traffic to us, if we're not completing the rest of that journey and having data all along the way, we're missing the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about uh, Google Analytics 4. Can you tell uh, why uh, many webmasters uh, are waiting for deadline <laughs> in June. I think, you know, it, um, it reminds me about uh, student lives because they are not learning uh, six months. Then when they have these exams, they need to pass them. They start learning, you know, it's the same with analytics for. Can you tell 
why why is that and how to uh, start adapting now right right well i think part of the issue is that we had universal analytics for a very long time and that got us into a mindset of that it was one tool that we could use to show the things that happened on our website that matter to us so let's call that tagging and there was a little bit of tagging inside of universal and people got used to going into the interface and back into the back end admin and setting up goals or audiences they they just knew how to do it in there. And they also looked at analytics as a way to build reports that help them visualize uh, things that when they were meeting with their executives or their clients, they would simply pull up the interface and go through the saved reports or they knew the specific reports that were already set to tell what was happening. Google Analytics 4 has shattered that kind of paradigm that Universal Analytics had. Now, that doesn't mean that all of those things are going away. What Google's done is they have decided to break them apart into separate products. So the one that is now partly taken care of, marking all the events on your website that you care about, that's Google Tag Manager. And another one that is making those visuals that you want to show to your executive or maybe do deeper dives into your data, that's probably Looker Studio um, or at least the Explore tab within GA4. And then that leaves Google Analytics 4 really doing the core of what Universal did, which is collecting that data. But we can't treat Google Analytics 4 as that single tool that does it all. And we have to be ready to mature and get into each one of these tools and learn them well enough that we can do the things that one tool used to do for us. Mm -hmm. uh, I think all tools have advantages, disadvantages. Can you tell what kind of advantages we have on uh, a new tool and disadvantages compared to Universal Analytics? Sure. So advantage of universal of sorry of google analytics 4 mm -hmm. it's going to suit many more use cases so if you have an e-commerce site or if you have a business to business site where you collect leads it's going to provide good uh, collection methods for both of those types of sites as well when it comes to the user who's coming to us we're now in 2023 and a lot of those users are using mobile devices. Google Analytics 4 does an equally good job of telling us what happens on a device as what happens when they're on, let's say, a desktop. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we can do if our company even happens to have apps, Google Analytics 4 can receive the data, collect the information on what people are doing on our apps which don't behave like a website. They have things like infinite scroll. And yeah. we also, we're, we're always logged in. So it doesn't really have a session the way that, you know, a website would if you were uh, going onto a website. Google Analytics 4 can handle those things. Well, universal, not at all. So those are the benefits. Mm -hmm. Do you want us to get onto the drawbacks? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think we've hinted at one already. 
most people consider it to be a very steep learning curve. They open it for the first time. They expect to see the reports that were in Universal Analytics, and they're not there. And when you can get into a report that starts at a high level to show you what you are used to seeing, you can't really drill down into it. Mm -hmm. That's a big drawback. That leads people to falsely think that it's not collecting deeper data. It is, but that data isn't readily available as a pre-built report. So that's a major mm -hmm. down, downfall of Google Analytics 4 from the eyes of someone who's used to universal analytics. I almost wish that I could have, you know, been hibernating during universal analytics and just, you know, woken up when GA4 launched because then I, oh, well, this is fine. But many of us are used to having more data. And on that theme of more data, universal analytics would collect and hold on to information from the very first day that you ever installed it up until today. GA4 will not do that. And as many people are finding with the explosion of data and different SaaS platforms that they're using, no firm wants to be holding on to your data forever. That's too costly. So they have a default setting within GA4 that after two months, you start to lose some data when uh, it's collecting in your system in your GA4. I'm glad to say, and we'll talk about this a little later, there are ways to extend that. You can go right into your admin and change it to 14 months. So that's good. Uh, but there's ways to extend it and even get data to collect for as long as you are using the platform. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think data, yeah, it's important today. Without data, you can't set up the right message, marketing message. And you know, on your LinkedIn profile in the section about, I can see, I spent, uh, let me, yeah, uh, tell it. I spent two decades in B2B organizations watching them waste marketing dollars. Can you tell more about that? I know that in marketing, sometimes we need to waste, but we can minimize the uh, number of wasting money. So uh, can you tell uh, how companies waste marketing budgets and uh, how to find a much better way? Sure. So um, I want to first say to my peers in marketing that I am not trying to say that you're dumb. Um, I'm not trying to say that you are... <laughs> Um, deliberately wasting money. Mm -hmm. I was one of those people. And it was primarily just because I didn't think that the information existed to help me understand how to wisely spend the money. So in a very simple example, if you're in a B2B company, someone is going to find out about you, but they're not going to buy on the first day that they find you. Mm -hmm. They're going to come back a few times. They may start to sign up for emails that you have. They might fill out a form for a download. But it's going to take time. And usually it's going to move from online to offline over time. What I and every company out there initially loved was the fact that we could start to get other systems to record that offline information. The mm -hmm. most famous one is CRMs, right? So if anybody like I did started on Salesforce or Goldmine or Acton or any of these uh, 
great CRM systems, they allowed us to keep track of who we were talking to offline. But that mm -hmm. information sat in a silo. And meanwhile, over here, the information about whether they were visiting us on a website also mm -hmm. sat in a silo. Now, there was mm -hmm. this other thing that came along in the middle. There's a few other programs like HubSpot and Pardot and other marketing automation systems. And they help to kind of bridge that, but they don't truly allow the data to stream all the way across from the very first touch point until the sale. And mm -hmm. so in a nutshell, how do we make, we waste money? We don't follow along what it was that we were doing that was getting the right people. And what that means is when it comes to us spending money, we're getting both the right people and the wrong people. And we continue to do that, even though it's possible to break those silos and to find out which ones we should stop spending to get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. You know, uh, once I watched interview with Bill Gates and uh, he uh, shared his methods, how he can sell products. For example, if he uh, has a product A and product B, after investing X amount of money to product A and X amount to product B, if product B sells two times more, the second time he uh, will ignore product A and invest all money to product B because he can increase sales. And what uh, I usually see, companies often uh, promote all products, right. everything Equally. that they have. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I think of, uh, it's a good approach to learn from Bill Gates, you know, he knows how to earn money. But, you know, uh, I think, um, can you tell how to find these priorities? Uh, for example, if I have Google Analytics 4 uh, and tell how to choose priorities, because uh, I think everyone has limited budget, marketing budget, and it's better to use wisely, as you mentioned, that uh, I, uh, when companies don't need to waste this money. Yeah. Right. So let's take that example that uh, Bill Gates gave. I, I love that. Um, I'm not expecting people to become technical experts. Um, mm -hmm. what, what they need to have, whether they are technical or not, is this hunger for having a question that they want the answer to. So the question that Bill Gates was asking is, will my investment in product B get me farther than investing in product A? Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you ask a question like that, the very next thing that your mind should do is say, what data do I need to be able to answer that question? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to run this like an experiment, but I should only run that experiment if after the experiment is over, I have the results, right? Mm -hmm. So what can we do? Well, we can take those silos of information that we had and we should figure out a way to have an ongoing dump of that information coming into one place, one warehouse where we can look at the results. So, People may be familiar with the fact that if you're in a marketing automation system or a CRM or even an ad platform, you normally have the ability to hit download and it'll give you like a, a spreadsheet file, right? Mm -hmm. Well, 
there is a thing that allows those systems to do something even better than that, to have a constant uh, uh, stream of data that is being piped into a data warehouse for you. And for the more technical people, they, they will know that this is called an API. So using an API will allow this data to come from all these different systems and flow into one. And I'm gonna suggest, and they don't pay me for this, but I'm gonna suggest that you turn to the Google ecosystem for where you store this data. And they have the place for you to store it called Google Cloud. Yeah. Why do I suggest them? Well, a little bit of it is laziness, but they've already rigged up all the Google products to already pipe their data into Google Cloud. So I see, and now that's free. The only thing that mm -hmm. you might have to pay if you have a huge amount of data is over time, you may have to pay a small amount of their uh, storage cost, but yeah. they are among the most efficient data storage people on the planet. So it's not a lot, like mm -hmm. pennies. The other information that you're bringing in, it could be, for example, Anatoly, it could be data about your organic traffic. You could pull in Google Search Console. If you uh, have Google Ads, you can bring in the Google Ad data. That can be married together with your GA4 data. So it's still available on the interface, but here it's now in the you know area of data and all data can talk to all other data. And then mm -hmm. finally, if you have third party things that you're running, if you have um, organic posts on LinkedIn or even paid ads on LinkedIn, or you do the same thing on Meta Properties or on Twitter or Reddit or Quora or other ones, you can also bring that data into Google Cloud. You usually need to have a uh, paid account with some of these providers. They're called ETL, Extract, Transform and Load. And these providers, maybe you've heard of like Supermetrics or Fivetran or Stitch Data or, mm -hmm. you know, Talent or TapClicks or, you know, Funnel.io. There's a bunch of them. But you you will need them because they handle the important job of making sure that the APIs are current with each of those systems. And that's not something Google will do. But you can get all that information in and then you can start to analyze it and find out if product A is getting you farther than product B because now you don't have any silos to worry about. All the data is in one place and you merely need to connect between each one of those the common elements of information that are going to take you along the entire customer journey. Mm -hmm. Nice, awesome, so valuable. Okay, Glenn, uh, I tried to count how many times you pronounce uh, the word data uh, and I lost my track after 10 times. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I think data is, is a must have. We need to get data. Without data, it's impossible to learn customers, uh, to set up the right marketing message. But can you tell how to find the balance between data and intuition, you know, because, okay, we use data, we need data, but I see when companies overuse data. So, uh, and I spoke with a few data experts and they told me it's a big issue because when you share so much data, it might confuse what to do. It might confuse uh, where to yeah. go. And 60% uh, uh, of all recommendations are ignored 
because companies have no time, resources, energy, you know, to analyze all this data. So, and sometimes we need to go with intuition. For example, uh, if I post on LinkedIn, uh, I often don't, don't use data, but I have my experience, my intuition to create content, you know, according to uh, my audience. So any insights, how to find the balance between data and intuition? Yes, I see it as basically being uh, three simple steps. And you're right. Uh, if you get into these systems, you can get lost and you can find out a lot of interesting things, but you may be spinning your wheels. So I'm going to recommend, and I presume that we're talking here to people who are in, um, they have more than one person in their organization. And if there's even just one other person, let's treat that other person. Maybe it's the CEO, the founder, you know, or maybe if it's a large organization, maybe it's our director of marketing. Treat them as a stakeholder and interview mm -hmm. them and say to them, what matters to our business? What kind of... Uh, numbers do we depend on to pay people to be able to grow to be able to reinvest and get better and so they will tell you those things and the first time you hear them i'm pretty sure unless you're a pure e-commerce store they will not be metrics that have anything to do with the website or the ads you run but that's okay mm -hmm. What you then do is you go into the data and you go hunting for all of those precursor pieces of information. So if they say, mm -hmm. the number one thing I need is proposals. I need more proposals to go out every week, every month. You say, well, what does a proposal come from? It comes from someone who fills out a form and asks, or it comes from a demo call. And then you work your way backwards up the chain to what actions as a marketer you have that can tie down to that thing. And I like to call that the one metric that matters. And this was a term that was made up by Ben um, Yoskovitz and Alistair Kroll, a great book, Lean Analytics. But the one metric that matters is that metric that matters to the business. So you get that from them. And then I'm gonna suggest that you make a dashboard of it. And spoiler alert, Looker Studio, that product I mentioned, you can make a dashboard with that. So mm -hmm. that will be your compass. You know that regularly you have to report on that piece of information. And the good news is if you have all your data set up, it's done automatically. It's refreshed every day. So mm -hmm. you, you can get into that. Now, you may still need to do deep dives when somebody says, well, why is that number you know, going in the wrong direction? That's fine. Mm -hmm. But my, my simple solution is, just find out from them the main thing they want to know. And we can work backwards from there to other things that we would like to know. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, we discussed about uh, getting data, uh, but uh, it concerns uh, projects that have customers that have information. What about new projects? If someone want to start, I don't know, uh, new journey, you know, and a uh, new website. So can you tell how to collect data from scratch if you have no customers, but uh, if you feel that your products are good, high quality, but you need to find this data? Sure. Uh, it, it will begin with you having to put 
the tags on whatever sites you have so that the data can start to be collected. So mm -hmm. you'll want to use things like Google Analytics, which has a setup wizard. And I would also encourage you to look at Google Tag Manager because it will allow you to just put one tag on the website and then so that that you're using a little bit of code and if people are not technical that might scare them a bit but mm -hmm. once you put google tag manager on you can go into it and you're not looking at code again you're just setting things up you're using an interface that's actually making code for you so mm -hmm. they should look at those two tools and see if they can get those to work mm -hmm. nice nice okay uh let's talk about um creating a uh, marketing strategy you know uh, i see um yeah i check out a study online that only uh 36% of all companies have documented content strategy most of them have no documented content strategy they usually uh, analyze competition competitors and try to replicate uh, i often get such issues uh, when uh, new customers are asking me please i need the same traffic i need the same sales i need to do the same but uh, competitors are successful with their unique selling proposition with their strong size if they are good with blogging or youtube or uh, paid marketing they consider their strong side marketing is huge we have many different channels and uh if i can't film great videos why i need to replicate some someone who is great with that and uh, i usually tell no way don't do it it's better consider your unique selling proposition your strong side and go ahead with that can you tell how to create today a marketing strategy that many companies ignore sure so and this doesn't have to relate to you know how you track things at all but yeah. you you can sit down before you do any of the tracking to first identify uh how you see the world differently than others how you know your customers problem better than others and once you isolate that i think and you suggested it a little that you will also find that there's an overlap with the type of channel that you should put that on. And if your competitors are over on A, B, and C type of media channel, don't worry about that. If you happen to find a unique channel where a few of your audience gather, then use that and use your point of view on how their problem can be solved to make yourself stand out and do it consistently over time. Mm -hmm. And after you do, you will be able to start to measure if they're doing the things you're asking them to do, which will probably lead down to your website. And now we're into all of the analytics that I talked about. But you've mm -hmm. got to start. You've got to start with just imagining what it is that you have to say to a specific audience in a unique way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Unique way is important because you yeah. know if you rewrite replicate that we have you know uh, uh, it reminds me uh, when i often ask my friends about a new movie and uh, i get the reply like nothing special the same plot i watch many 
similar movies so uh, and uh, yeah. if you just create the same content that your competitors have uh, i'm not sure that google uh, will rank your website because it's not only to get 100 with these tools no uh, that 100 uh, of uniqueness it's more about getting uh, sharing something new you know right. something valuable and that's right mm -hmm. and there's only one you on the entire planet so be yourself and you will probably find if you're true to that 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 uniqueness will rub off into what you're doing for these customers and they will appreciate it mm -hmm. yeah yeah nice nice okay uh glenn i i'm interested about your methods to tell customers what they need to do according to a few studies uh companies usually implement 40 percent of all recommendations 60 percent are ignored so can you tell how you can explain to customers it's important let's do it we have this data uh, and let's go ahead with that because uh, uh, companies can get it okay yeah that's nice but we are busy we need to develop innovate products we need to do many other things so any methods how to transfer this this data correctly <laughs> um anatoly i'm going to simply say when i think about that 60 percent that don't get implemented we have to remember you don't know what you don't know and mm -hmm. so if you are trying to run a business and that involves people's livelihoods and it involves uh you know a, a future that someone has had a vision for I wouldn't leave that to chance. Uh, I heard mm -hmm. the phrase once, hope is not a strategy. So, you know, having a yeah, strategy, I love it. Uh, having a strategy will always be better than, <laughs> than what? Than, than flipping a coin and, you know, imagining what is gonna happen in the future. We don't have to anymore. We have data. We've had, you know, some data for the last few decades with the internet, but now with these modern web serverless databases we have way more data so i would say why shouldn't you what why are you not turning to data to tell you what to do mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay let's talk about common mistakes for example you know i i'm i made a lot of mistakes many many yeah, me mistakes <laughs> yeah i i keep doing them every single day you know but uh i remember when elon musk told about that if you don't make mistakes you are not innovative enough yeah. uh shaquille o'neal uh told uh, when someone asked him about his mistakes he told you know uh, when he starts something new he uh, starts from mistakes because uh, we have generic data we have uh, uh best practices we are trying to replicate then we can adapt to analyze to find what actually will work for us so yeah it takes time and uh, you you can you need to start from mistakes you know it's like part of education so can you list common mistakes that companies still do by analyzing data in GA4 and uh, your tips how to find a uh, much better way? <laughs> um, in our limited time, I can think of one that I would do, and that would be that they are not setting up what they're doing with their data in an experimental way. So if we, you know, even go back to inventions that came upon us in you know the renaissance or in the industrial revolution things like the light bulb these were arrived at because 
someone took two pieces of metal of different compositions and they put the same electricity through them and then they tried to figure out what uh what would happen and they measured the brightness and all that but in our modern era of doing things on the internet i often see a company will have only let's say one landing page or one ad or one type of organic content and they're just pinning their hope on all of that working uh, or they are thinking that only one audience will care about it so because we live in an era where making another web page on a content management system is a click or two making another ad doesn't take much making another type of piece of content like we're doing right now doesn't take much putting it into a different audience doesn't take much i would then encourage you set it up so that you can compare what the response is on something against something else so when you do that you are all of a sudden understanding oh this segment over here doesn't care about what i do but this one over here does now you know what to do next less of the thing that you don't want more of the thing that you do want to see mm -hmm. nice nice okay uh i found on your LinkedIn profile that you have your podcast you know i love listen to audio podcasts it's my me too uh loving format because you know uh i usually uh when i walk with my dogs when uh i'm driving exercising training i need to do something and uh i uh, love to listen to audio podcasts because a lot of valuable insights, uh, great insights, you know, I can learn with that. Even, you know, when eyes uh, are tired because of watching to this blue screen, you know, yeah, you can listen to audio podcasts. And uh, yep. I love it more even than audio books because, you know, audio books usually have one speaker, you know, and uh, one voice. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a little bit boring, but can you give me and to my audience, a strong reason to subscribe to your podcast. Because, you know, you share ab about data, about um, yeah. analytics. But for me, for me, you know, I can feel that it's better to uh, check out uh, on the screen, you know, how to uh, analyze analytics, how to right. learn it, because I can see uh, numbers, I can see examples. But how you can transfer this data on your podcast? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's easier than, than people think because the types of people that will gravitate to a podcast like mine, which is called Funnel Reboot, they're operationally minded. So like you, they're looking at a screen for many hours a day. And what I try to do with the podcast, it's a little secret, is I try to find people who will teach me things. Because I, too, sit in front of a screen a lot of the day. Mm -hmm. But in those conversations, what they're able to do is give advice that is not so specific that if uh, you go on to a screen and you listen to the podcast a week ago, and now Google or whoever has made that product changed it, so now that advice is obsolete. So... It doesn't get that detailed, but on the other hand, what most of the people that I have on the podcast will talk about is still relevant a week, 12 weeks, 12 months later. 
and it gets your mind going. And then you go and sit down like a, you know, like a, at a screen and all of a sudden something you were stuck on, you're no longer stuck. And that's probably what you in, uh, enjoy about taking your dogs for a walk. You start to think about things that have been bothering you, but somewhere along the line, you get an idea for what you can do next. And that's what I hope to do. And I hope I'm doing it okay with people that I bring on to Funnel Reaper. Okay. I, I subscribed, guys. I subscribed, so you can do as well. And we'll see. We'll see because, you know, we need value. We need valuable insights. So, yeah. Well, uh, guys. I, I'll, I'll echo that by saying people should also check out Unmiss because your YouTube channel is great. And you get to find out things like Anatoly can do an episode while he's sitting in an ice bath. And I didn't know that until I saw one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, I usually do it every single day. Uh, I have this uh, bath. Let me show you uh, for someone who uh, just listen. You know, uh, in my patio, I have yep. this fridge. And uh, the main reason, because after taking cold bath every single day, I stop paying for medicine and pills. I completely forget about flu, cold, and many other diseases. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I had this problem many years ago, like three years ago after uh, spending time on Turkey. Now uh, I came back to Ukraine with uh, flu. 45 days I couldn't recover. And then I decided to change my bad habits to good habits. Right now I usually do it. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking about that. Okay, good. <laughs> I have the question about, uh, you know, I have some students in my network who are looking for ways how to learn marketing, how to learn analytics. Uh, and, uh, for example, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do today to learn more about analytics? Um, I'm going to come back a little bit to find a place that needs help. So I talked earlier about if you are in an organization and even if there's only, you know, a founder and you, that you need to ask the founder, what would be success? What would success look like for you? What do you want from your marketing? So if someone doesn't even have that, if they're trying to be a student of this, I'm going to suggest that they go and find a not-for-profit, that they find a group that they can volunteer for and help them get a web presence or get themselves better presence on social media. And then that you can start to provide them with the analytics that tell them that it's working. So mm -hmm. that would be, that would be a great uh, thing. And it does good in addition to training you. And I'm the kind of person that likes to do good whenever I can, because it allows everybody to win. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. And my final question about the future. Can you predict the future in analytics uh, niche? Uh, because, you know, many things are coming. Metaverse, augmented reality. I don't know. AI can uh, oh, yeah. a good topic today. So any insights about the future? <laughs> I'll give you a short term and a long term. Okay. So the short term is yeah. for people who are listening to this in spring of 2023. <clears throat> and again, I'm not paid by Google. Uh, you know, there are times where Google frustrates me too. But my short-term prediction is that between now 
and July 1st of 2023 that Google will add things to GA4 that are obviously missing from Universal Analytics. Mm -hmm. So since they deployed it, they have been speeding up their, you know, bringing in things such as if people are familiar with, you know, source and medium and other parameters, UA had them, GA4 didn't, but then in early, late 2022, Google added them in. Another big thing missing right now is annotations. I'm confident that Google's going to add them in. I think they're going to do this because they want, by the time that they tell people Universal is being turned off, they want to say to them, we have another product here that does everything that it does. Right? Yeah. For, for, for core function. My longer term prediction, and I don't think it's even a prediction, it's, it's, it's a reality that's just going to mo distribute wider and wider, is that the, in, the data that we are collecting isn't just going to be useful to human beings, but we have to use it to train the AI that is being used all around us in marketing. So if you are running ads at all, you need to start getting ready to use machine learning to train the algorithms on your ad platforms or even your organic platforms. Show them the audiences that you need to be in front of. Show them the ways that you use content so that they can select and spread the kind of content that seems to perform best for your audience. Uh, and you have to have your data in a structured format to be able to do that. But I believe it's going to get easier and easier to do that. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Glenn, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Sure. Thank you, Anatoly. I really appreciate this opportunity. So uh, you are amazing on LinkedIn. I, I encourage people, if they're only finding out about you through this, that they go and check out you on LinkedIn. Uh, you are great with providing educational content. I too do that. So if they want to look up Glenn Schmaltzley on LinkedIn, they can do that. Or they can head to the company page on LinkedIn for marketing what's new. And there's it's just free, you know, useful content that's telling you what's happening in a very current way. Um, we also, uh, you can check out marketingwhatsnew.com that uh, provides not only education, but also consulting and training. And we have workshops that are happening in Canada and the US that are helping people get migrated over to GA4 as well as to the cloud infrastructure. And they are welcome to hit me up on Twitter where I am, hey, Glenn S. And I'm happy to interact with anybody in any of those forms to help them over what they're stuck on when it comes to analytics. Nice, nice. Guys, you need to follow Glenn on LinkedIn. You need to open this website because you can see a lot of valuable insights and it's free. Love it, Glenn. It's a big pleasure. Thanks again. I love it. I enjoy our conversation. So valuable, so helpful. Guys, thanks a lot for listening and watching us. 
Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.